Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, another Green Bay Packers season ends in heartbreak. This time at Lambeau Field with the Buccaneers earning a 31 31- 26 win. Welcome in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Replaced now. Get three years. No interest plus five months. No first payment, but only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. We will take your calls until 8 o'clock tonight here on the Packers Radio Network. Uh, recapping a uh, entertaining, I suppose, but painful loss here for the Green Bay Packers. Outgained Tampa Bay, won the turnover battle, held the Buccaneers to 3.2 a carry. Yet it's Tampa Bay advancing to the Super Bowl to be played on its own home field as the Green Bay Packers season comes to an end. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. Breaking news, weather and traffic, 24 hours a day. WTMJ and W277CD. Milwaukee. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. 855-616-1620. I know it's painful, but the only way we get through this is to do so together. With that as our backdrop, we welcome in the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. I went through some of the totals here, Wayne. Just broad perspective. You outgain Tampa Bay, you win the turnover battle, you hold them to 3-2 a carry, and uh, you pick off Tom Brady three times. Tell me that before the game, I'm saying uh, time to pack your bags. <laughs> it just didn't work out that way. Exactly, Greg. You know, and you have to give the Buccaneers credit. They took advantage of their opportunities a little bit more than the Packers took advantage of theirs. I mean, the Green Bay scored one touchdown on three picks of Tom Brady and uh, Tampa Bay on two Green Bay turnovers, cashed in for touchdowns on both. Um, you know, and that's pretty much the difference right there. We'll go through the micro and the macro of this game. But, Wayne, I want to take you to the micro, if we can. You're in a situation where you've been struggling inside the 10-yard line to get the ball in the end zone. Green Bay did have to settle for a field goal early in the game. Do you think that played into Matt LaFleur's decision-making when on fourth and goal from the eight with a chance to potentially tie the ball game with a two-point conversion, they opted for the field goal? Yeah, you know, I'm not good at those things. I, I, I'm not good at those decisions down the stretch like that. I hate to cop out on you, with, but with it, but really, I, you know, I, I, I guess you could see it either way. You've got to get, you know, you know, you want to get the field goal, put yourself in a position. You felt there was enough time left if you can get a stop of Tampa Bay that you'd have a chance to come down and then win the game, you know, with a score. So um, I could, you could see it both ways. You could play it either way, and maybe you say go for it. I, I thought I think it was on that that drive Aaron had a chance to run it in almost it looked like um, you know uh, on a scramble that he threw uh, late over the middle and, and trying to get Devontae was double covered and they not broke it up but uh, at any rate uh, yeah you know I I'm just not real good at that, Greg. I mean, though, I have to look at a chart to know if I'm going to go for two or or go for the uh, you know just the regular PAT. Uh, you're you're spot on with Aaron. It looked like he had all sorts of room. That's easy for us to say on a uh, you know thirty thousand foot view looking over the field. But 
that's the type of play he typically diagnoses. And, and who knows, maybe it changes the decision-making if he gets even four or five yards. But unfortunately, Tom Brady is able to take over. You, you still have timeouts. You still have the two-minute warning. Kind of a gift from the Buccaneers' Mickens uh, return man sliding before the two-minute warning. I, all of a sudden, you're starting to perk up a little bit, Wayne. And then after letting players play all day, Kevin King gets caught. You know, the deep judge throws a penalty as he sees uh, the jersey of Godwin being tugged by King. You make that stop, and all of a sudden Aaron's got the ball back with about a minute and a half. Yeah, had to make that stop, and that was crucial. Uh, you're right, Greg. Um, you know, but a penalty's a penalty. And, it, it, hey, listen, you saw the shirt tug, and, and that's going to get called. That's going to get flagged whether the game's on the line or not. And, unfortunately, that really was crucial and, and maybe the final nail in the coffin, so to speak. You know, and, and I saw a shirt tug on Aaron Rodgers' interception before the half, too. Maybe that was a little bit more subtle. Maybe the judge missed it. It felt to me like they were letting him play. There are no penalties at halftime of this game, so the – I, the tone was set, I thought, by the officials. You hate to see a, a drive extended that late in the game, given the way it all played out. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. They were letting him play, um, you know, but, uh, hey, listen, that's that's a tough situation. It was a tough day for Kevin King, who kind of rallied uh, after suffering a back problem. You know, back injuries flare up. Anyone who's had one knows uh, they flare up it for no reason at the uh, most unusual times. And he was able to fight his way back onto the field, but unfortunately, um, you know, had a tough day. You certainly did, and in a contract year. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here on the program, 31-26 the final. Uh, Packers were down 18 points early in this second half and uh, lost Aaron Jones in the process. I, I don't know that they missed Jones. I, I mean, it's, it's easy to say that they, they all would, was, would miss Aaron Jones, but you finally today felt the presence of of David Bakhtiari missed as uh, Tampa Bay was able to get substantial pressure with their front group point. Yeah, I would agree with that, Greg. Especially in the first half, you saw it as, uh, you know, Billy Turner gave up a couple of sacks. It appeared to me. I don't know if officially if he did or not. If he was charged with that, I haven't looked at pro football focus yet. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is the first time where we really saw the uh, the offensive line without David Bakhtiari having uh, an issue. And, you know, I guess you call it Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles, uh, the way he blitzes. Um, you're looking at matchups in this game, too. You know, I mean, football's a game of matchups. Mike McCarthy used to say that all the time, and he was right. Um, Tampa Bay matched up well with Green Bay. I, I didn't think this would be anything more than a very tough game to win for the Packers going in, and it certainly proved to be. Um, but Tampa's a tough matchup for Green Bay, especially without David Bakhtiari. 33 of 48, 346 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception for Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady with 280 yards and three touchdowns. A lot of damage done in the first half. Not so much the second half, and I, I guess that's, that's the part where you look at it and say, okay, the, the, the defense did enough. They did what they had to do in, mm-hmm. in allowing the Packers to get back into this game, Wayne. And I guess that makes you, you know, slam your head on the concrete even more that the lead grew to 18 with a, you know, a, a couple of stars unfortunately, turning the ball over. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, again, you get to this stage of the game, um, you're, you're big people. Your stars have to really shine, as I've been saying. And um, I thought Aaron Rodgers did a great job of him. Uh, you know, I just, as I saw the first half unfolding and the Packers falling behind and Aaron kind of struggling with the sacks and then the interception, and you sat there and I said to myself, gosh, uh, you know, I hope he gets up off the mat. And he did. Uh, I thought this was a very admirable performance by Aaron Rodgers. Now, they weren't able to quite get 
get it done in the red zone off a couple of those uh, Brady interceptions in the second half. But I do agree with you. I, I thought the defense, I've never seen it better against the run than today, Green Bay's defense. And you know what I think about defense. I think defense begins with stopping the run. Um, now, they gave up some plays downfield, especially early in the ball game, but I thought they adjusted pretty well. They pressured Brady into a couple of those interceptions. You know, uh, They got pressure on him. They moved him off the spot. They made him feel uncomfortable at times out there. And, uh, you know, the fact that Tampa Bay had the 18-point lead, they were able to, to, to kind of milk it uh, the rest of the way. But nonetheless, the Packers were charging. It just You wish the offense could have gotten a couple of plays in the red zone, and that might have made a big difference in this ball game. Yeah, all sorts of plays really pop off the page in the woulda, shoulda, coulda territory. It doesn't really boil down to one play. As much as we focus on that final drive and the opportunity that was in front of the Packers and a late penalty on Kevin King, you know, it, it, it feels like it should not have been a deficit at that point. Uh, the Packers this year, Wayne, when they have lost games, they really showed more of a propensity to beat themselves. And today feels similar to that loss to Indianapolis. It feels similar to the loss in Tampa, one that really got away from them, uh, where, you know, turnovers bit them and the inability to just make that next play when the opposition was able to do so. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, and, and you know, the thing about it is, Greg, what makes it so deflating for everybody around the football operation is that you come this far, and, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season, and Devontae did his thing, and, and Aaron Jones had another great year, and, and you come to this stage this far, and that defense made such great strides, which I think you saw today. I know that, you know, Tampa Bay scored points, but this defense, I thought, made great strides, and, and you mentioned it. I think they did enough. They they did enough to get a win here today defensively with the three turnovers and, and the things they were able to do in the run game. Um, but you, you get this far, and then you lose, and, then, and, and, and this is not just indigenous to the Packers, but any team that gets this far and loses – it, it's just so deflating that because you know how hard it, how hard a climb it was, how difficult it was. And by the way, next year you can't start here. You have to go all the way back down to the bottom of the mountain and climb your way back up again. And here's the other thing that that bothers that that I've thought a lot about this week, um, and in these playoffs, um, the salary cap is going to play a major role in the off season. The salary cap, instead of going up by ten million, which it averages basically per year. The salary cap's going down by $25 million or thereabouts. All right? So that's about a $35 million hit. Most organizations, most teams are going to have to undergo major changes. And, you know, major changes are probably coming to this game, this team here, with um, what they've got ahead of them and the the decisions they have to make and the parameters under which they have to make them. So when you come to this far and you get a team like this, and you you know, I've said this so, so many times in the last couple of weeks, I really like this team. I like the way they were playing. I like the way they've come together. I like the people on this team. And, you know, you realize that, hey, after this, if you don't go all the way, uh, you know, this team is going to change. It does every year, but maybe more so this year because of the salary cap situation. You know, the seasons feel different, and the final game of the season last year was played out in Santa Clara, and that was a absolute uh, mismatch. Today, you end up taking a Tampa Bay team to the fourth quarter with an opportunity to tie the game late, and it doesn't work out. You know, one's a close loss. One was a blowout. Doesn't change the feeling, though, overall, does it, Wayne? The Packers are not able to play in the game they so desperately had hoped to play in. 
Yeah, and really felt they they were on track to play in that game. No question about it, Greg. And finally got one of these games here at home, these championship games, and unfortunately um, unable to get it done. And, and that's, hey, listen, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's that's what the playoffs are. That's playoff magic. Somebody uh, able to move on and, and continue, and the other team has to go home. And unfortunately this week it's the Packers' uh, turn to go home. Four, uh, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us on the program, let's uh, sneak at a call here. It's William in Appleton. You're on Packers OT. Hi, William. How's it going? All right. What do you got? Uh, well, I was not a fan of how we uh, ended the half. I thought we played that play horribly. Um, I wasn't a big fan of how the refs uh, called the game, you know, especially when I felt there was two holdings penalties that never got called on the defense. Um, but they let them play. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the holding uh, penalties anyway. I always feel like sometimes they're so ticky-tacky that they shouldn't even call them anyway. And I feel like it'd be nice to see that rule go away to something where it's kind of got to be completely like pass interference, but it has to are be like... Are you in a construction like, site? Yeah, yeah, William, are you backing up the uh, snowplow? What's going on back no, there? No, I'm what's not. Uh, We're hearing a, yeah the uh, the hellacious beeping uh, uh, we we got to part yeah, ways William I appreciate the phone that, call yeah. um, I the final play of the first half Wayne was absolutely inexcusable I cannot defend mm-hmm. it in any way I don't know what the coverage was I don't know why you're playing not playing a deep zone it appeared to be a man coverage and Kevin King was just sorrily beaten yeah I, but I, I, don't, I don't get that what what happened there. Ke- if it was man, Kevin King was in soft coverage, so back preventing the big play, preventing the end zone play. Right, and and he let and Scotty Miller, who by the way is one of these guys, it's very similar to the receivers Brady had up in New England. Uh, very quick, very fast, very small in the slot, and and this guy he just ran by uh, Kevin King, and um, you know I agree with you. Uh, that's that's a hard play to justify from a Green Bay perspective. Uh, to give up that play, especially when you're, hey, even if it's man coverage, um, and I don't know if it was or not, Kevin King had given plenty of cushion, which was what you should do in that situation, um, given plenty of cushion, but Scotty Miller blew by him and was open in the end zone, and, and wow, you know, um, that not, was tough. That's not how you get a second contract in Green Bay, not on that stage. Well, that's that's not for me to say. It's way above my pay grade, but... Um, you know, I thought also, and here's what worried me about this game, Greg, was they have so many weapons. Okay, Antonio Brown didn't play today. But, I mean, they have so many weapons. Um, Evans and Godwin are Pro Bowl players. Um, Gronkowski had one catch, but it was a big one, like 20-some yards. Uh, you know, Cameron Brake would start for half the teams in the NFL. And I thought, and I mentioned this during the broadcast, the two young receivers really impressed me in studying for this game. Okay? And they both made plays. Um, Scotty Miller was one, and the other one was uh, Tyler Johnson, the kid out of Minnesota. He made a nice play in this game, too. Uh, they had so many weapons. I don't know how you can contain all of these weapons around Brady. He's never had weapons in New England like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe back in 2007 when they went undefeated until they got to the Super Bowl. But beyond that, he never had weapons like that. And this team is loaded with weapons out there. And it was, I thought the defense played uh, gallantly. I really did. But, 
thank God there were a couple of drops by uh, there were at least four or five drops by Tampa Bay receivers. Yeah, early on in the game too, Leonard Fournette had a couple. A couple bounced off the hands of Mike Evans. A couple of high throws by Brady. One which was picked yep. off by Jair. So I, they, they had him. I mean, they did the they did the work. Yeah. Uh, here's what Tony Dungy had to say uh, on Twitter for, uh, regarding that final play of the first half. That may be the worst defensive design I've ever seen with eight seconds and no timeouts left. Green Bay, I'm not sure how you play inside technique, man-to-man, and not just play zone and protect the sideline in the end zone. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. from uh, yeah. the coach, Tony Dungy. 855-616-1620. Got another segment with Wayne coming up. Also, we uh, will get to your phone calls following this 31-26 to loss. Season's over for the Packers. We will continue till 8 o'clock tonight. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third and ten, snap Brady. Steps up looking. He's hit and sacked. Back inside the 45-yard line, Kenny Clark. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzikin, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee with you. We'll take your calls until 8 o'clock tonight at 855-616-1620. We do have a lot of folks wondering about the decision made late in the game. It's fourth and goal from the eight-yard line. You're trailing by a touchdown and a two-point conversion, trying to tie the game. Do you put the ball in the hands of your best player, your MVP, or trust your defense that had done a pretty solid job, especially in the second half, enforcing three turnovers by Tampa Bay? Here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say about that decision late in the game. Well, I didn't have a decision on that one. Um, yeah, that wasn't my decision, but... Understand the thinking above two minutes with uh, all of our timeouts, but yeah, that wasn't my decision. I, my translator goes off Wayne and, and says Aaron would have liked an opportunity. That's my own Greg Matzik, Packers OT translator. I don't know what you mm. think. Uh, understandably, it's a disappointing situation regardless, but uh, they had struggled in that area of the field throughout the game. They did have the benefit of the two minute warning and all the timeouts. I'm just trying to think through the decision-making process and what they had done against Tampa Bay in the second half. I love it in, my ha- in the hands of the MVP. I don't like it in the hands um, of Tom Brady. That scares me a little bit. It was in the hands of the MVP for the three previous plays, wasn't it? It was. It was. Mm-hmm. Did you give him one more shot? What did you get? What did you get? They got nothing. It was first and goal of the eight. And, and uh, it was in the hands of the MVP. And I'm not ripping him at all. Uh, Aaron Rodgers played his butt off today. He played. I thought he played exceptionally well. Um, but, you know, they. I think what Matt LaFleur was saying, hey, let's get some points out of this thing. Let's at least get it down to and, and take our chances with that defense and, and maybe force another turnover, that kind of thing. And and they, they, they wanted to make sure they got points on that drive. That, that was what was abundantly clear to me. Um, you know, hey, it was fourth and eight. It wasn't fourth and goal from, uh, from the two or the three-yard line. It was eight yards to go. And Tampa's defense packed in the way it was? I don't know. Well, I mean, and, 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 it's a matter of are you going to take it and get points or you're not going to get points. Well, and I think I they know. had what they wanted, too. They got a third and five. With Brady, right? That's that's exactly why you do what Matt sure. LaFleur did, right? I mean, it was set up, and then the holding yeah. penalty just screws everything up. Exactly, yeah. 
Yeah, no. So that's the thing. They did get what they wanted. They did get a, an opportunity. You're there. You're right on that third down situation. But a penalty, if, if I'm reading from remembering the right thing, um, you know, conspired to to prolong that drive. That was the problem. And um, I, but, Greg, I mean, hey, listen. Like I told you earlier, I call plays. I'm not a play caller, okay? So, I, you know, that's Matt decided, hey, they just wanted to get something, make sure they got something out of that drive, and then try to make something happen from there. Well, there were a collection of miscues in this game. I know we boil it down to the micro, but the macro is Aaron Rodgers threw an interception before the end of the half. If you want to say there should have been a holding, hey, I'll say, okay, could have been called there. It wasn't, and that led to a, an egregious touchdown at the end of the half, a play that never should have resulted in a touchdown did. Aaron Jones fumbles to start the second half, is lost to the game due to injury. One play later, Tom Brady's back in the end zone. A dropped mm-hmm. interception by Will Redmond at the end of the half. It was right there for the taking, and Tampa Bay doesn't score. A dropped two-point conversion by EQ. That was available, and it would have made things perhaps even a little more interesting down the stretch. Settling for a field goal on the second drive, he had three cracks to Devontae Adams, and he just couldn't get there. He had a nice timing play to Adams, just off his hands. Good defensive play, and and then a a connection that was out of the end zone in the back by the pylon, or by the uh, goalposts. Add it all up, right? I mean, there's so much more to this than just what we saw in the final two minutes of the game. That's kind of collectively where the Packers lost this. Yeah, Uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, You know, a lot of little things that go into something like this. But on that fourth and eight, when Matt decided to go for the field goal, um, I can't quibble with that. Uh, They had a couple of cracks. They had three cracks to get it in and we're unable to do so, you take points, and then you hope you can uh, get make something happen uh, the rest of the way. Unfortunately, they were unable to do that. But, um, you know, it's tough. It, Greg, I mean, these games, a game like this, it, it's easy. The blowout in San Francisco a year ago, I mean, that's easy. You don't even have to discuss that. Um, but a game like this, yeah, there were several plays hanging in the balance that could have changed the outcome of this game. No doubt about that. Man, this is a tough one. It's tough on the coaching staff. It's tough on the players. It's tough certainly on the fans, obviously. It, it stings because I felt like the Packers belonged in the Super Bowl. I didn't feel that way a year ago, Wayne. If I'm being candid, San Francisco was a dominant team, and they handed it to the Packers twice. And Green Bay was not the better team, not that day, not that season. I, with all the talent on Tampa Bay, I still felt like the Packers belonged winning this game. It felt to me like it was there for the taking. They were they were clicking, being at home. Sure, I mean, put it all into the basket. This year, I felt like they belonged, and they just couldn't quite make it. Yeah, and and, and that's what makes it so disappointing. I, I feel the same way. Absolutely. Wayne, drive safe. Thank you so much for another outstanding season. Uh, you don't understand what a pleasure it is to be in the studio and listen to you and Larry do a game. So thank you for your continued uh, incredible work calling Packers broadcasts. Greg, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to work uh, with you, and, and hopefully we'll get to do the draft maybe. Uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> After what this league is going to go through with the salary cap, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with the draft and free agency too. Well, no doubt about that. Dwayne, drive safe. We will talk to you again uh, sometime soon. And on the Packers Radio Network, we'll probably talk to you sometime in August. All right. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> All the best to Wayne Larvey uh, for his work calling Packers broadcast throughout the season. We do have an open line for you. We want to get to your phone calls and thoughts. A lot of comments streaming in on our text line as well. 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 
Snap to Rodgers. Looking right. Lofts it down the right side. And he's got his man. Gone for the touchdown. M-V-S. Touchdown, Green Bay. They beat Carlton Davis. Throughout the postseason, Sargento donates $2,000 for every touchdown to fight hunger through Touchdowns for Hunger, benefiting Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. A season total donation of $142,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger to fight hunger in Wisconsin. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Fine day for MVS. Four receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown. That 50-yarder uh, put the Packers on the board. And uh, it was a much-needed touchdown as they were playing catch-up from the get-go. Tampa Bay able to score an early touchdown drive. Green Bay shut out of the first quarter. That is uncommon. They did pick up a little steam in the second quarter and uh, putting up 10 points. The third quarter, that's been a bugaboo for the Packers this season. Held scoreless on five occasions throughout the course of the year. Uh, But a 13-point third quarter really made things interesting late in the game. Ultimately, however... The season ends in heartbreak once again, 31-26 the final. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play a home Super Bowl two weeks from tonight. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on the program. Got a few phone calls to get to. Let's do it, shall we? We'll go out to Denver, Colorado. Leo joins us on Packers OT. Hi, Leo. How are you doing today? I wish we had better things to Certainly, talk about, Leo. It would have been fun to talk yeah. about uh, what to pack for Tampa, polo shirts or Hawaiian shirts. Unfortunately, not able to do that. I tell you, I, tell you, I, was, uh, I was thinking that this was the year, but uh, after many years of frustration and watching the Packers since I was a little boy in the early 60s, uh, really frustrating day because I certainly thought they had uh, the team to at least get by, uh, you know, into the Super Bowl. Uh, against probably the Chiefs. But anyway, a little frustrated that uh, I know last year was a year where, you know, certainly San Francisco was a better team, although a little disappointed last year in that game because everybody knew San Francisco was going to run the ball. The Packers were just not prepared mentally or physically to to challenge last year. I thought that was uh, pretty telling. I thought there was a little bit carryover from that. This year early in the season, the lack of being able to stop the running game, Look towards the end of the season, they picked it up a little bit, certainly played better today as far as stopping the running game. But really, really upset that they couldn't get more pressure on Brady. When they did get pressure on him today, he just looked like, uh, you know, an ordinary guy. Uh, Obviously, through those three interceptions, I think a lot of that was due to some pressure. But the bottom line, just really disappointed today that the coach didn't seem to have him ready to play today early on. Uh, They they came out and just got behind early, and it was catch-up after that. And, you know, going back, there were a number of plays you can look at and say, you know, this play or that play, um, you know, at least a half a dozen that I saw, they could have turned the tide a little bit. But I really thought when you've got Aaron Rodgers and you're down there uh, on the goal line, you got to give him a chance on fourth down to get it in the end zone. If you don't make it, you're pinning them deep, uh, and, and you still got the, the, the timeouts. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't real confident that they were going to be able to hold up against the uh, against Tampa there with, uh, in the last two minutes, uh, even though they had three timeouts. Uh, and, and so you can't give the ball back. You, you know, you have the ball in your hands. you got to take advantage of that. And just schematically, I really get frustrated with Lafleur. Uh, seems to be too in love with that passing game when it gets down in the goal line, in the road zone, especially within the 10-yard the, the line. Today they did a couple times. It was just pass, pass, pass. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure other coaches are reading that and they're preparing for it. Um, so it's a little frustrating that they're not a little more balanced, especially in that uh, 
going down on that uh, on that one drive where they're just kind of running through Tampa, running straight at him, uh, showing some force with the ball, being real physical in the running game, and then they get down there into the red zone and they just go three passes in a row. It's just really frustrating to see that. I think they just need a little bit more balance down there in that area. Yeah, appreciate you, Leo. Yeah, and to your point, and, and really what you pointed out, I think, is what we're looking at here, and that is a collective loss. Tom Brady in a groove early on. I mean, look at all the third down conversions in the first quarter. Converted a third and four with a 28-yard play. A third and nine, they gained 14. A third and seven, touchdown to Evans. Kevin King was beat. So three third down conversions on the very first drive. Go to the second drive. A third and one, they get two yards. A third and 13, a wide receiver screen to Chris Godwin. Nets 14 yards. And the drive, which was at about midfield, keeps going. And that continued. Uh, There was a third and nine, a 52-yard bomb to Godwin. Looked like Darnell Savage was in pretty good position. Sort of bobbled uh, the opportunity, but... Godwin came down with it. Those are huge plays. I mean, that results in a touchdown on the very next play from Leonard Fournette. Looked like he should have been bottled up at or near the line of scrimmage, and he's able to bounce outside. So it, it felt to me like, you know, from a defensive scheme standpoint, it, it didn't feel like, to me, Green Bay's defenders were totally out of position. What are you calling there? What, what is going on? It felt like Tampa Bay was making plays when Green Bay was in position to knock the ball away. Uh, or you know, get somebody to the ground before they extended beyond the first down chain. So several missed opportunities. And you know, I also think your point is spot on with getting a little pass happy. You forced three turnovers and scored seven points. Tampa Bay forced two turnovers and scored 14. Look at the final score. That tells the story. There were two three and outs in which not a single run play was called following two of those interceptions. That kills you. It, it just add it to the list, right? I mean, there are so many things that go into the hopper when you talk about a, a narrow one-score loss on your home field in which you had a shot to tie it very late. That one decision under the microscope, I get it. Fourth and goal from the eight. But take a broad view of the game, and the Packers stumbled all over themselves in today's game. And Tampa Bay had the door open. Tom Brady opened the door for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to jump in and get this win and recover from an 18-point third-quarter deficit, but a collection of miscues, once again, why the Packers are going home. It was not a cleanly played game, really for either team. Some of the numbers are incredibly impressive, but turnovers stand out. Tampa had a few drops. EQ dropped a two-point conversion attempt in the end zone. There were miscues all over the field today for both teams, and Tampa Bay was better able to weather the storm. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We still have an open line for you. Uh, We'll hear more from Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur coming up throughout the program as we take your phone calls until 8 o'clock. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Brady takes hands off to Fournette. He's stacked up on the left side, breaks three. Cutting to his right, to the 20, to the 15, spins his way, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone, pylon, touchdown. Leonard Fournette on a 20-yard run and had to break at least three tackles on way to the pylon on the near right side. My goodness. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, replace now and get three years no interest, plus five months, no first payment, only through January 31st. you got to act fast. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik with you until 8 o'clock at 855-616-1620. You heard the highlight coming back. Leonard Fournette, 20-yard touchdown run, capped a four-play, 73-yard drive, just a minute 43 off the clock, and uh, gave Tampa a 14-7 lead. 
I, the big play on that drive was on a third and nine. Tom Brady finding Chris Godwin for 52 yards. Decent coverage by Darnell Savage. He was in the deep secondary with Godwin, who's a speedster. And Godwin went up to get it. It popped off his hand, and he was able to secure it before coming to the ground. And the very next play, Tampa Bay had a one-touchdown lead. So it seemed like early on Tampa Bay was making the plays, and Green Bay was not. Uh, You talk about the turnovers, missed opportunities on third down, adequate pressure, beyond adequate pressure by Tampa Bay's defense on Aaron Rodgers, uh, forcing a, a couple of sluggish situations. But by and large, the, the Packers' offense found a, a bit of a groove in that late first quarter, early second. The touchdown to MVS, seven plays, 90 yards. Great drive. The following drive, 15 plays, 69 yards. You take off seven and a half minutes of time. But you settle for a field goal. Instead of tying the game at 14, it's now 14 to 10. But still, the offense had an opportunity with 2.10 to go and two timeouts, and ultimately it results in an interception. Uh, first down from the 40 was a sack of Aaron Rodgers, second and long interception. Could have been a holding call. There was not a holding call. And then, of course, we know how the half ended. So that is a, a significant sequence in this game. 2.10 and two timeouts left. You're thinking, double up, get points on the board, start the, with the ball in the second half, maybe take a lead. Instead, Tampa Bay connects on a bomb to end the first half. And then after three plays in the second half, following a fumble by Aaron Jones, Tampa Bay takes over, and it's one plays, eight yards, four seconds, touchdown Brady to Brait, and a 28-10 to lead. There's your game. There's your game. I, that is such a significant swing. And I'm surprised the Packers were in position to overcome it in the fourth quarter. So you can break down all the way the end of the game happened, but... I mean, the end of the first half and beginning of the second half, that stretch, that stands out to me more than any sequence in the game, separated by halftime. 855-616-1620. Let's grab uh, Mike in Rockford, Illinois. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike, you there? Yep, I'm here. Sorry about that. I said, can you guys leave me on for about a minute after so I can hear your guys' response? I'm not in an area where I can get radio reception and my computer's down right now. Mike, uh, you're in luck. We have uh, the world's greatest producer working the program tonight. So, yes, we will do our best to do so. For about a minute afterward. Guys, here's my thing. I'm a longtime Packer fan. I, I, I'm disgusted by this, guys. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. Okay, bar none. And... With, with, are we really seriously, this is such a letdown. It's like 10 years ago, the Packers went to the Super Bowl. They won everything. And, and to think that to have the guy like this and only to show one Super Bowl appearance, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. I've got to tell you guys, but of course, we could be the Miami Dolphins. You had Dan Marino, who never went to the Super Bowl, so it could be worse. But guys, hear me out here. I, I am really single-handedly putting this loss on the coaching staff entirely. Uh, I know you talked about the last call of the game. You're, 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 you're fourth in goal on the eight-yard line. Let's say you don't make it, okay? You're going to have Tampa pinned deep in their own zone, and they're going to have to get a first down. If they don't, they're going to be punting from deep in their own end zone, and the Packers are going to have really good field position. Who better in the entire NFL? How many times has Rodgers done comeback victories? Yeah, you got to score the touchdown in the two-point conversion, but I put it in that man's hand. I mean, the guy is the greatest ever. And you don't put it in your defense, who's been suspect. You got blown in that last. That's another reason of Petten, who's another one that I think needs to go. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. And, uh, guys, I know this is going to sound really crazy, but you saw Mike McCarthy leave Green Bay 
he was riding the coattails of, of Aaron Rodgers, his success, and, and, you know, Matt LaFleur, we really don't know what we have with Matt LaFleur. You have a very young coach. We don't know what we have with him. Aaron Rodgers, you put Aaron Rodgers on any team, including the Chicago Bears, and the Bears would look great. Any team would look great if you put Aaron Rodgers on them. It's just a shame that this man is going to waste, and I am just disgusted, guys. Um, I'll wait and see what you guys have to say about it. Thanks. Mike, appreciate your phone call and your passion. I, give me the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands to end the game, right? I, I don't want to see Tom Brady come back on the field with an opportunity to close the game out. I, I want Aaron Rodgers closing it out. It was at the eight-yard line. Is it different if it's at the four or at the five? I go back to a sequence earlier in the game, and I wonder if this played into Matt LaFleur's thinking. It was a situation the Packers had first and goal at the six-yard line, and the, the commitment to the run had gone away at this first down juncture. Rodgers to Adams incomplete. It was a timing play. We've seen them hook up on that occasion many, many times, and it just was off of Devontae's hand, and the timing was off. Second and six. Alan Lazard is supposed to rub a, a, do a little rub route, sort of a pick play to free up Devontae Adams in space near the pylon. Uh, the timing of that play is off. Lazard didn't really get in anybody's way, and Aaron Rodgers' pass was batted near the line of scrimmage. Third down. Rodgers has Lazard at the goal line. I think he broke free maybe after Rodgers decided to pitch the ball to Adams, who caught the ball in the back of the end zone but was out of bounds. So pass, pass, pass on first and goal from the six. They end up settling for a field goal to cap a 15-play, 69-yard drive. I do wonder if that factored into Matt LaFleur's decision late in the game. A very similar situation, first and goal at the eight. My thought process is this. You need a touchdown anyway. Like You have to get a touchdown. Even if you kick the field goal there, you still need a touchdown. So would you rather have Tom Brady taking over at uh, you know, the eight-yard line, still needing a touchdown and a two-point conversion? Or would you rather be down five and give Brady the ball right around the two-minute warning? And I'm surprised that you didn't get it after the two-minute warning. From, you know, the 20, 25-yard line, somewhere in that territory. Because you still need a touchdown. I, the percentage, the percentages for the Packers to win that game grew 2.5% when Matt LaFleur decided to kick the field goal versus going for a touchdown. It would have been a 25% had that fourth down opportunity gone awry. I like the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. I really do in that juncture. I, it still, I, it, if you had Brady in a third and five, and you stop there, you get the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with a minute 40-ish left and a couple of timeouts, and now you got a shot to win the game. You don't need the touchdown and two-point conversion. So in, in split seconds, those decisions are immensely difficult to make. Here's what I know about Matt LaFleur. He's an incredibly gifted offensive mind. I don't think it takes a genius to look at the Packers' point production throughout the season and say they are getting more out of the Matt LaFleur offense than they did out of the final years of the Mike McCarthy offense. Just look how many contested throws were part of the McCarthy offense. Line up, go beat your man, we'll get you open. Well, that resulted in back shoulder to this guy, back shoulder to that guy, right? That's what it was, more so than ever. In Matt LaFleur's offense, guys were free and in space, which ultimately takes the pressure off the quarterback. Give me Matt LaFleur's offense all day long. But I like Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hands on a fourth and goal, with the understanding that you still have time left and you need a touchdown anyway. 
One of the many plays that we'll look at and say, Ugh. if it just could have been a little different, but there were many more prior to that portion of the game uh, in which the Packers sort of fumbled the ball away, literally, dropped passes, blown assignments. It was all a component of tonight's 31-26 to decision. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll wrap up our number one after this on the Packers Radio Network. Snap to Rodgers. Rushes on. Has some time. Throws it over on the cross. And he's got Aaron Jones. Ball pops loose. Picked up by the Buccaneers. Devin White down the right side. Breaks a tackle to the 10. And he swarmed under near the 8-yard line. Second fumble of the game by Aaron Jones, who remains down at the 30-yard line. Jordan Whitehead, a hitter at safety for Tampa Bay, forced it loose, and the Buccaneers, leading by 11, will get it first down at the Green Bay 8-yard line. That Aaron Jones fumble occurred on the third play from scrimmage in the second half on a third and five. Not only did Jones leave the game being hurt on the play, but one play later, Tom Brady Pitched a pass to Cameron Brait for a touchdown, and very quickly in the second half, the Buccaneers were up 28-10. to It's today's Turning Point, presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear Winter, almost nothing stands in the way of a new Toyota, and the new 2021 lineup is hotter than ever. Cozy up, Toyota. Let's go places. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Appreciate you holding. Rob in Eau Claire, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Rob. Yeah, great. Uh, just wanted to say great season. You do a great job, especially alone. So uh, thank you very much for uh, for the season. Thank you, My Rob. My point is I was a little surprised, um, Greg, when heading into the game, uh, Antoine Winfield was uh, their starting, one of their starting safeties was, um, was not active. And then during the game, we had Jordan Whitehead, who just made that hard hit, causing the fumble. He hurt his shoulder. On another hard hit, he went out. I was just surprised that we didn't take advantage of both starting safeties on not being in the game for you know for Winfield the whole game and for Whitehead half the game. Well, it's hard for me to say they didn't, Rob. I guess I'd have to go back and look at the tape to see what matchups they looked to exploit. Um, but I'm looking at the drive summary following that Jones fumble. I mean, it was eight plays, 75 yards, a touchdown to Robert Tunyon. The very next drive after intercepting Tom Brady, 13 plays, 68 yards, 730. Um, and as I'm looking at the, the play chart here, you know, it was a little pass-heavy on the, the Tunyon drive and, and a little more balanced with the run and pass on that 13-play drive. I'd have to watch back and see. Typically, I look at the deep balls and I try and figure out, is there safety help? Is it a one-on-one situation? What sort of defense are they playing? You're right. I mean, they were down two starters. And I think their ability to get more than adequate pressure on Aaron sort of negated that. It sort of softened that blow, if you know what I'm saying. Because they didn't have to be too exotic. There were some blitzes in tonight's game, but it didn't feel to me like Tampa had to do anything too crazy to get adequate pressure. I think that's part of the discussion here. Yeah. The, the last comment I'd have, Greg, is I think the difference uh, between these two evenly matched teams is inside linebacker. Tampa prioritizes it, and Green Bay was playing uh, a seventh-rounder in Summers, a free agent in Barnes, and um, uh, uh, Kamal Martin, a fifth-rounder. And I love those guys, but 
again, I look back to last year's draft, and we had an opportunity to take Patrick Queen, linebacker, inside linebacker, who had a great year, and we passed on him. We're so close to getting over the top. I think you know, not taking uh, you know, uh, an impact player last year really did hurt us this year. Rob, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for listening. Uh, if I'm being perfectly candid, that's exactly who I thought the Packers were trading up to get, Patrick Queen, in that particular draft. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Devin White is a product of the Buccaneers being terrible for a number of years. And there's talent all over the defensive backfield, at really at every level uh, on that line, mixed in with some key free agents. That's a talented roster. There's no doubt about that. That is a talented Tampa Bay roster. I felt like the Packers were a better team, and they belong winning this game. And they got in their own way. And that's a common trait in Packers' losses this season. Their inability to protect the ball, it showed up against Indianapolis. It showed up against Minnesota. It showed up earlier in the year in their first loss. And it showed up again today. you got to be able to protect the ball. Now, Green Bay won the turnover battle, but Tampa Bay's point production off of turnovers was better than Green Bay's 14-7 to in a five-point game. Sneak in one more before the top of the hour. How about Connor in Michigan? You're on Packers OT. Hi, Connor. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, I just have two quick questions for you. Uh, do you guys think Mike Pettin's going to be back next year? Just I think uh, the defense was pretty shaky all year, and I think it might be a time for a switch up there. And I also was wondering uh, what your thoughts are on Aaron Rodgers uh, coming back next year. He said in his presser tonight that a lot of guys' futures are uncertain and himself included. And uh, I'll hang up now just so I can hear what you guys have to say. Uh, thank you. Yeah, Jared, thanks for the phone call. So uh, I'll go through the list of free agents, potential free agents coming up on the other side because there are some pretty significant names. There's always going to be turnover. I think Aaron Rodgers will certainly be back next year, and hopefully we're talking about another NFC Championship game opportunity and leading to Super Bowl 56. But uh, we'll get to those thoughts coming up on the other side. And, yes, I do think Mike Pettin is back. I think it was a challenged defensive unit early on that ascended throughout the year and ultimately became a top 10 defensive unit. Green Bay has never won a Super Bowl without a top 5 defense. That stat remains true following this 31-26 to loss. One hour down, one to go. We'll take your calls coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Another season for the Green Bay Packers ends in heartbreak and disappointment. A 31-26 loss to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ends the Packers season at Lambeau Field. Entertaining game if you're a casual fan. Very disappointing if you're a Packers fan. And if you're a Buccaneers fan, history is about to be made. Tampa Bay will become the first team in NFL history to play a Super Bowl on its home field. I might not even watch. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, replace now and get three years no interest plus five months no first payment only through January 31st. For details, visit 
Hella, WI.com. We'll take your calls at 855-616-1620 until 8 o'clock tonight. We've got some comments from the locker room that we will spin for you as well as we look at the micro and the macro of tonight's loss to the Buccaneers. Before we get to that, we step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. Breaking news, weather and traffic, 24 hours a day. WTMJ and W277CD. Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Let's uh, rattle through some phone calls, shall we? It's Ray in Illinois. Thanks for holding, Ray. You're on Packers OT. Hey, Greg. Uh... Wish we were talking on a little better topic tonight, but uh, good to listen to you. Always uh, appreciate uh, your work, and uh, I echo what you say. Uh, thank you to Wayne and Larry. Just always a pleasure to listen to those guys, and uh, wish we were listening to them for another game, but um, um, uh, it such as it is, I guess. Um, I've, I want to call and talk about Kevin King. I, I've about had enough of Kevin King. Um, he gets beat cold by Mike Evans on the first TD of the game. Um, I don't know what he was doing on that play at the end of the half where they go over the top of him and, and he gets beat for that uh, touchdown. And then had a chance to stop him and get the ball back, and I think put it in Aaron's hands. I think it was a good chance they win the game, gets a pass interference called on him. Uh, couple that, he's never been able to stay healthy, and um, I just – I don't know. I just feel like uh, we've got a great all-pro corner on the one, on the other side. Uh, I think that uh, we need to figure out uh, something different um, for King. I, I'm I, I'm I'm about done with Kevin King. Well, I appreciate the phone call, Ray. It was a tough day for Kevin King. There's no doubt about that. He was beat by Mike Evans on the first touchdown of the game, and he was also beat on that final drive where Tampa won up top. It looked like maybe five or six yards. It'll set up a field goal attempt for Ryan Suckup. You just can't allow anybody to get behind you. You absolutely cannot allow that to happen. Whether it was the right defensive call or not, you cannot let a speedster, a tight end, a running back, you can't let anybody get behind you. And Kevin King did. It resulted in a touchdown. That was an absolute backbreaker the way that first half ended. All of a sudden, it's 21-10. to 10. If it's 17-10 to 10 or 14-10, to 10, you probably feel pretty good. Tampa Bay won the first half. And the Packers could have been within one score and started the second half with the ball. Now, of course, things got a little haywire at the start of the second half with the Aaron Jones fumble. I get it. Uh, In Aaron Rodgers' interception, if that doesn't happen, maybe King's not beat in the end zone. If Will Redmond comes down with an interception, Kevin King is not in that situation. But it's still a poorly played play by Kevin King. There's no doubt about it. He is a free agent, so the Packers will make up their mind on Kevin King, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. There are several household names, starters, key contributors on this roster who are in contract years, and not everybody will be back, and that's the painful part of the NFL. This felt like a special team. There's no doubt it was a special team. This felt different than last year. It's more cohesive. They were playing better as a unit. The offense was... Propping up the defense for a time, the defense did its fair share down the stretch to uh, assist the offense and help put games away. Special teams remains a bit of a mystery, and that's something that needs to get figured out, and, and maybe it will. But overall, this felt like a more cohesive unit. But not all these guys are going to be back, whether it's King, Jones, Williams, all three, 
None of the above. The Packers certainly have some decisions to make. They are rock solid, I think, overall in their secondary. But uh, tonight was not a great night for Kevin King. That shows up. And it it certainly contributes to a 31-26 loss. Not the only play, not the only player that had an opportunity to do something and perform a little better than he did. uh, But it certainly stands out in some key moments of tonight's game. Barry's in California joining us next on Packers OT. Hello, Barry. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for taking my call, not only today, but also throughout the entire season. I just love the job you do, and no matter what, I always listen to you after the games. Um, I had a feeling five minutes into the game that we were in serious trouble. We did not establish the run. We could not stop a third down pass to save our lives. Uh, Some of the other plays later on throughout the game, with Devontae being wide open on the left, Aaron throwing it to the right, the three plays to uh, Devontae later on, um, the scramble, which I thought Aaron could have made. And, again, I don't agree at all with the, uh, with the field goal attempt at the end. You go for the six points, and then if you get the two-point conversion, you're tied. Uh, I did not have confidence the defense was going to hold Tom Brady at all. I thought the minute we did that, I thought the game was over. Um, it's very disheartening. We were on a seven-game winning streak, um, and uh, we lost the game today that I think we stumbled and bumbled over ourselves. I think we beat ourselves, especially Brady throwing three interceptions. So I thought we beat ourselves today, and more importantly, in the last five title games, we're one in four. And I don't know how you correct this, uh, of course, but having the game in a Lambeau, and I agree with you. I think we could have won. We should have won. I thought this year we deserved to be in the Super Bowl. So it's a very disheartening and disappointing way to end what I thought was a productive season. You hope that things work out for next year, but right now if you're a Packer fan, I think you're just wearing that black armband on your shoulder. Anyway, I'll listen to your comments, and again, thank you for the great job you do throughout the year, and we'll speak again next season. Thanks so much. That sounds good, Barry. I appreciate the phone call, uh, and really the calls all season long. I, you know, that I, this team will not look the same next year. Now, I mentioned some of the names. Corey Lindsley, uh, Lane Taylor, kind of a forgotten man given his injuries. Mercedes Lewis, Kevin King, Tyler Irvin, Montrevious Adams. Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard is an uh, a restricted, uh, early restricted free agent. Uh, Robert Tunyon's a, a restricted free agent. I mean, there are some household names here, key contributors, who will not be back next season. And the salary cap is likely going down next year, too. So that'll factor into how this team is built and structured next year. Uh, you can say next year all you want. The fact of the matter is the Packers are running out of time with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. That is clear. That is plain and clear as day. And another opportunity, even though the team was better this year, you got one step closer, you had the first round by in a home game at Lambeau Field and an NFC Championship game to follow. The result is really no different than it was a year ago. You might be a little more optimistic about going into next season, but the feeling is still the same. Only on this occasion, the Packers weren't outclassed. They stumbled over themselves. They did so on offense. They did so on defense. And even were shaky on special teams, allowing some sizable returns. Uh, Some of the the kicking game, the punting game specifically, not on point early on. There were miscues. Uh, A level of flatness, I felt, to start this game. When you win the turnover battle against Tom Brady, when you possess the ball for longer than Tom Brady, when you hold their rushing game to 3.2 a carry, if you would have told me all those things going in, I'd say time to pack your bags. Instead... It is time to unpack your bags, put the clothes in the laundry, and put that suitcase under your bed. Doug in Baraboo joins us next on Packers OT. Hi, Doug. Good evening, Greg. Say, I want to thank you again for uh, hosting the show. It's uh, it's it's always fun, and and 
Oh, boy. I have, I have to agree. Boy, he had a lot of good calls tonight. And I have to agree with uh, the, the fourth and eight. You know, let let Rodgers, you know, uh, perform. And I I thought this was our year. Last year, I, I didn't feel comfortable going out to San Francisco, and even though it was a championship game. And I sure felt pretty good about going in, into this game. And uh, it's... Uh, you know, it's it just it's it's just a rough a rough uh, loss defeat for a, uh, we Packer fans. And one of my things is, is all, and I, I may have mentioned it before, but the, I know the college has started when you win the toss, they defer, and then the NFL is doing that now. And I've always said, hey, you win the toss of the coin, get that ball, and go down there and and and, and do what you do. Especially this year, the Packers do so well. With that first drive, and and they, the, you know, the red zone or gold zone or whatever they call it, especially against a team like, uh, you know, with Brady playing, and and all you heard on the radio all week is Brady this and Brady that, blah blah blah, and, and so on and so forth. So, anyway, I guess it is what it is. Th- anyway, thanks for the great show. Appreciate the phone call, Doug. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to uh, join us on the line. You know, Matt LaFleur's philosophy, it's, it's consistent. If they win the toss, they'll defer. And they've been doing that all year long. So uh, if you have a differing philosophy, I get it, and that's something to be discussed. Had Matt LaFleur changed his philosophy for this game, then I would have been wondering why. Uh, but he's been consistent with that all season long. And... Tampa Bay marched right down the field and into the end zone. Green Bay, on 14 occasions this season, scored points in their first opportunity on offense. They did not today. So they allowed a touchdown on defense, three third-down conversions picked up by Tampa. First possession on offense uh, was not a three-and-out, but it might as well have been. A third-and-nine sack of Aaron Rodgers thwarted that drive. And then a bad punt by J.K. Scott. Okay, everybody's got it out of their way, right? Now the issue's sort of compounded after that, unfortunately, and were only magnified when you talk about the turnovers. Uh, Defer, receive, I I get it. It's a philosophical decision. You can see what Matt LaFleur is trying to do. You had that opportunity to double up. I I think you had had a great situation. 2-10 to go, two timeouts. Let's do it. All right, you're down 14-10. to Go get a score before halftime. Instead, it's an interception. Will Redmond drops an interception opportunity. Kevin King is beat on the final play from scrimmage in the first half. And all of a sudden, it's 21 to 10 before he can blink an eye. But I love that situation. 2 10 to go, two timeouts, ball in Aaron Rodgers' hand, go get a score. And then start the second half of the ball. But instead of doubling up on Tampa, it was Tampa who doubled up on Green Bay. Getting a touchdown just before the half, a 39 yard strike from Brady to Scotty Miller, beating Kevin King. And then the Aaron Jones fumble sets up Brady at the eight-yard line. One play later, they're in the end zone. I, that's, that could not have gone worse. To me, that is the game. Fourth and eight from the eight-yard line it, with a little over two minutes to go. Tell me all about your decision, what you prefer Matt LaFleur have done. I will listen until the cows come home, right? And we'll talk about it because I get both sides of it. I like the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. But the end of the half and beginning of the second half is where the Packers lost this game. It stands out plain as day to me. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on the program. Packers Radio 
is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap to A-Rod. Looks left, looks the middle. Waiting, throwing, end zone, touchdown! Robert Tunyon! Eight-yard touchdown pass. They beat Mike Edwards, the backup safety, playing in place of the outstanding rookie Antoine Winfield, who is injured today. And the Packers have cut the gap down to 12, 28 to 16. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,500 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay during the postseason. During uh, the regular season and playoff game number one, we're talking about $19,000 donated. A couple of field goals for Mason Crosby today, so let's tack on another $3,000 for a total of $22,000. That donation will be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Sartori Cheese continues to support throughout the postseason by donating $1,500 per field goal. Very impressive stuff. Thank you to all of our partners here on the Packers Radio Network. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Still have about 40 minutes left here on Packers OT. I'm Greg Matzik. Let's uh, go back to the phones. We've got Bart in Weston, Wisconsin. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Bart. Hi. Uh, good evening. Uh, go Brewers. But, <laughs> hey, uh, Love the show. Couple comments. First of all, you you made one of them. Um, yeah, that the halftime right before and after half. Um, Redmond should have had the easiest of four interceptions, and that was a big deal. And but after that, we call it egregious the play calling. Um, and what makes it worse, it came after a timeout. It's not like they didn't have time to think about um, what was going to happen and what they needed to do. And and you know the <clears throat> the defensive coordinator for the Jets lost his job over cover zero and just a horrendous call uh, against the Raiders, and, and that was just inexcusable. Um, I also would like to comment and compliment uh, Larry on his handling of, of the interview with uh, with the coach afterwards. Uh, you know, he put the question tactfully, meaning I think he said, um, do you wish you would have gotten the ball back? And, um, you know, it was a good tactful way instead of beating him down, but in the end, um, every coach in the NFL would have gone for it on fourth down. There's no question. Um, the, the comment, I think, by by Wayne was, well, they struggle in the red zone. Well, would you rather try twice or rather try once? So, anyway, compliment uh, to Larry and appreciate the program. And if somebody could keep me on, that'd be great because I'm not by my radio anymore. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do that for you, Bart. No problem. Greg Hill will uh, leave you on the line so you can uh, hear the comments. Uh, i got to be honest. I thought Tom Brady was awful today. I, I thought he was terrible. This is how you gift wrap a win for the opposition. You throw three picks, probably should have been a fourth. You complete about 50% of your passes. Two of Tom Brady's touchdowns were gift wrapped. I mean, one came from the eight-yard line. From the eight-yard line. He was high. He was all over the place. I thought Tom Brady was an absolute mess. Yet his season continues. Because the Packers couldn't make him pay for all of the mistakes he made. Some of them, yes. All of them, no. But this was not a vintage Tom Brady performance where you said, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, Here's the goat in Lambeau Field. He's just going to run all over the Packers. They will not be able to do anything to top, uh, stop Tom Brady. Now, he did plenty to stop himself. That's the frustrating part. From a quarterback-to-quarterback standpoint, I, I, Aaron Rodgers outplayed Tom Brady. But Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times for 32 yards. Stunting drives. Tom Brady was sacked one time for a loss of five yards. But I thought Tom Brady was an absolute mess today, and the Packers could not make it pay enough. Two of those interceptions resulted in zero points. In fact, 
They resulted in two three and outs for the Packers offense. So I thought the defense did enough to prop this game up and allow the Packers to get back in. Remember, it was an Aaron Rodgers interception that set up that long touchdown before the half. Defensive breakdown, yes. Doesn't happen without the interception. Doesn't happen if Will Redmond comes down to the pick of Tom Brady earlier in that drive. The Aaron Jones fumble, that's a heck of a play by the defender. No doubt about it. Whitehead made a brilliant play. It knocked Jones out of the game and gave Tom Brady life at the 8-yard line. It's exactly what Brady did against Drew Brees and the Saints a week ago. Capitalize on a short field, four turnovers, be clean, and get in the end zone. Only tonight, he was not clean. Tom Brady was a mess, and his season continues. Alec is in Milwaukee joining us next on Packers OT. Hi, Alec. Hey, Alec, go ahead. A uh, couple things. Good, yeah, a couple things um, that struck me. You know, one thing from Aaron's postgame pressure, he mentioned that had he known they wouldn't have for sure gone for it on fourth, he might have called a different play on third, which that totally makes sense to me. But the thing that was interesting is, you know, if you really thought for sure you were going to go for it on fourth down, why not take off on third? Even if you don't get in the end zone, you're going to get darn close, if from where I was sitting at least. Um, and the other thing, you know, there's been a couple guys calling for Penton's job. I don't agree with that at all. I thought that our defense played outstanding today outside of a couple bad plays by Kevin King and probably a well, definitely a bad call at the end of the second half there. Um, but, you know, the, at the end of the first half, rather. But in the second half, you know, three takeaways gave our offense every opportunity that we needed, held them to three points. Uh, and honestly, in my opinion, throughout the season, sort of overachieved given some of the gaps that we had at personnel. So uh, I'll leave, that, leave you with that and see what your thoughts are on those. Yeah, I'm with you, Alec. I thought the defense grew. Uh, early on, it was the offense providing the defense with a great assist taking teams out of their game plan because of the Packers' ability to strike and strike quickly on offense. All of a sudden, the team facing Green Bay I had to abandon the run. We've got to pass our way back into this thing. And that's when the Packers' defense really thrives. They are built to stop the pass. But as the season went on, they became much better against the run. And really, Derrick Henry's performance, David Montgomery's performance uh, toward the end of the season, both playoff teams in Tennessee and Chicago they were not able to control the game on the ground. That's what teams wanted to do to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. And today, 3-2 a carry, that negates play action. It, it makes it a little, a little more one-dimensional. The playbook is shut down a little bit if you're the Buccaneers. And uh, I, I chronicled Tom Brady's mishaps throughout the game. He didn't play well. It was awful. But his season continues. Uh, I do think Mike Pettin will be back. I think he deserves to be back. Uh, the Packers' offense, outstanding. Defense, top 10. The stat remains, the Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top 5 defense, so certainly room to grow. Uh, quite frankly, special teams was the weak link of the Packers this season. If you look at offense, defense, and special teams, the numbers would indicate, and the eye test as well, the Packers' special teams needs work. 855-616-1620. Still got an open line for you if you'd like to join us. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. You know, I put that on myself, just not calling the right plays. Uh, you know, the stuff that we did so well all season long, we kind of got away from it. And really that second half, specifically the fourth quarter, just got out of our offense. And you know, that's on me. 
It's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur taking the blame for some of the Packers' issues in the red zone. Uh, we saw it on a couple of occasions today. Green Bay 2 of 4 in the red zone, or the gold zone, or whatever they call it. It's the best red zone slash gold zone team in the NFL all season long. Today, cashing in on just 2 of 4 opportunities. And, you know, field goals against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, especially when you look at a 5-point loss, uh, there you go, right? I mean, just do the math, and, and that's a situation where you feel like you have to cash in touchdowns more often than not. And uh, a couple of occasions, once in the first half and once very late in the game in the fourth quarter, uh, in which the Packers uh, could have gone for it on fourth down. You understand the second quarter opportunity, kicking a field goal there, but the fourth down in the fourth quarter with just over two minutes to go, fourth and eight, uh, that's, that's a tough call at that time. I think ultimately the Packers and Matt LaFleur got what he wanted on defense after choosing to kick the field goal. He had a third and five. You make a play, you get the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with about a minute and a half left, and they still have timeouts to work with. I'll take that with a chance to win the game. I get it. I think LaFleur had what he wanted. The Packers' red zone struggles, specifically inside the 10-yard line, I think is why Matt LaFleur kicked the field goal on fourth and goal from the eight versus going for it with Aaron Rodgers and the offense. Here's what he said about that specific play. Why kick the field goal at that juncture? The way I was looking at it was we essentially had four timeouts with the two-minute warning. And, you know, we we knew we needed to get a stop. And I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end. But, you know, we got called for for the PI. And it didn't work out. No, it didn't. Still on a third and five. He had an opportunity to turn Tom Brady away instead, uh, first down, and they were able to run the game out from that point on, 31-26, the final. Back to the phones we go. Dave is all the way out in Washington, way out west. Hi, Dave. You're on Packers OT. Thanks, uh, Greg. Uh, great analysis, as usual. That's why listening to your post-game call-in show is always uh, a must-appointment uh, listening. Uh, This late in the show, uh, it can only uh, perhaps emphasize points already made, although I'm building up to uh, perhaps uh, a new uh, observation. I don't think Kevin King's the only guy that played himself out of a contract next year. I think we've probably also seen the last of uh, Mr. Jones. In last week's show, I can't remember what exactly, you were in a conversation with someone where you said the deeper you go in the playoffs, the limitations or weaknesses you have get accentuated, and you called out special teams specifically, and we saw that today. Like most callers, I think I'm balanced. I, I, I blame the outcome, uh, the unfortunate outcome on coaching decisions, but not the one everyone's been emphasizing, not the uh, two, three and outs, um, not really even the late field goal, but actually there were, the way I look at it, Greg, there was a sequence of bad coaching decisions starting, as the one caller said, with the coin toss. I mean, I will just stipulate this. First of all, way too much emphasis was put on the fact that this was a home game. Uh, Normally that might have mattered, but with a few fans, not, not that big a deal. You're going against Tom Brady, and legitimately the greatest of all time. And though I hate to admit it, Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a front runner. He plays better when he's hot. He's like the Steph Curry of football. When things are running his way, he only gets better. So take the ball, get an early, put pressure on Brady to keep up, 
And so I think the coin toss decision was the, was a bad decision. But the worst, Greg, thank you for the air, is the, was the decision to not go kick the one extra point but go for two earlier. I hate it when coaches chase extra points way too early. And I maintain, Greg, the decision to kick the field goal late was based on the fact that to tie the game, the Packers not only had to score one touchdown, they actually had to score, if you will, two touchdowns, thinking of the two-point extra point as a second touchdown. So I maintain that is what informed uh, Lafleur's uh, decision to go for two. And if he had gone for one and had Crosby kick it, he, wouldn't have, he would have had even less pressure in that decision. Lastly, Greg, I appreciate the humbleness with which Coach LaFleur, LaFleur approached the thing after the game. I can only hope that he's learned, he learned a lesson, much like Vince Lombardi famously learned a lesson in 1960, because he was asked years later, he only lost one championship game. He said, I regretted not taking the points early with a field goal, because if I'd had that three, I could have won it at the end without having shut back Eric sit on Jim Taylor. So it was a learning day for the coaching staff. But that's the run of my thinking. Great job again, Greg. Appreciate the work you do on this post-game show. Appreciate the phone call, Dave. I'm sure it feels good to exhale a little bit, get it out of your system. I don't have a problem with the coin toss because that's what Matt LaFleur has done all season. I'd have to go back and figure out when was the last time Green Bay started with the ball. I, I, you know, just in, in terms of their decision-making, we won the coin toss and then they start with the ball. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. You have to go back and find it. Uh, but he's been consistent with that all season long. I, the two-point conversion opportunity I didn't have a problem with because the play was there. That should have been a conversion. It was dropped by EQ. So to me, it, it coaches sometimes take the brunt of the heat when execution suffers. To me, that's an indication of execution suffering. Uh, and that happened on a, num- a number of occasions throughout the game. Felt like the bodies were in the right position to make the play. The play wasn't made. I think about Leonard Fournette's 20-yard touchdown after a 52-yard bomb from Brady to Chris Godwin in which Darnell Savage was in pretty good position but wasn't able to divert the ball away from Godwin's hands. The very next play, Fournette should have been stopped for a loss or at the very least at the line of scrimmage. Instead, he breaks free. Jair Alexander gambles on a tackle. Fournette bounces outside and rumbles into the end zone on his back, and Tampa's got a quick score. So instead of, you go from third and nine in Tampa territory to a 52-yard play down to the 20 and then into the end zone. So it's like, whoa, what just happened there? I mean, it just, it totally flipped. So there was a sloppiness to the execution throughout this game, and it showed up in a variety of different plays. The dropped two-point conversion, the Aaron Rodgers interception, the Aaron Jones fumble, uh, the dropped interception at the end of the half by Will Redman. Settling for a field goal on the second drive. Three incompletions to Devontae Adams. No running the football. Late in the game, the field goal on a fourth and eight. Running the football. It wasn't even thought of on first, second, and third down. And I'll look at Aaron and say, did you see all the space he had to your right? Because I think he walks into the end zone with a touchdown if he decides to tuck and run. At the very least, he's pushed out very close to the pylon. And then you're looking at a fourth and one, maybe two, instead of a fourth and goal from the eight. 
So put it all into the hopper here, and we're looking at a 31-26 to loss. I, I cannot hang this on one specific decision or one specific play or player. I just rattled off a list, a laundry list of mistakes. And not even three turnovers from Tom Brady could overcome the list of mistakes and miscues and execution that I just mentioned. Nobody was perfect today, that's for sure. Coaches, players alike. It was a collective loss by a team that I felt was better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you can't be that sloppy and expect to beat Tom Brady, who was terrible, by the way, today. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap to A-Rod. Rush on. They pick it up. Lofts it over the middle. MVS! He's got it! Breaks a tackle 30! And he's brought down outside the hash marks! Inside the Tampa Bay 30! At the 28-yard line! Today's hardest working player of the game presented by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Buy online at farmandfleet.com. Pick up your items in the convenient drive-thru. You don't even need to get out of your car. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, today's hardest working player of the game. If we were doing a full season award, that might go to Aaron Rodgers or perhaps Devontae Adams. But MVS today, the long touchdown of 50 yards, averaged 28.8 yards per reception, targeted six times. Hauled in four for 115 yards. A fine game for Devontae Adams. Nine receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. And just unable to connect with Aaron Rodgers in a, a goal-to-go situation early in the first half, or early in the second quarter, I should say. Green Bay resulting with a field goal on that drive instead of a touchdown. You put it all together. you got to add up a variety of things that contribute to a 31-26 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's do a little rapid fire here, shall we? It's Lou in Appleton on Packers OT. Hi, Lou. How you doing? Great, thanks. Uh, yeah, my observation, the real killer play was um, the end of the first half. You just cannot let that happen. I mean, that is out of out of the park. And, of course, the other thing is, you know, from time to time, our defense doesn't aren't able to get off the field. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, it's imperative that when you get teams in third and long, you get the ball back because the more uh, t- attempts, the more times Aaron's got the ball in his hands, the better it is. And of course, I did not agree with. I would have taken the fourth down and tried to score a touchdown. Because even if you miss, I mean, they're down at in the end zone. So that's my comment. And, and you need a touchdown anyway, right, Lou? I mean, if you kick a field goal there, you yeah. still need a touchdown. If you score no points yeah. there, you still need a touchdown. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, complicated and matters, I, of course. I would like the, I, I, I like the ball on Aaron Rodgers' hands. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too, and I look at the situation today, and both teams really quite efficient on third down. The Buccaneers, 9 of 14. Kind of felt like they were 9 of 14 on the first drive, for goodness sake. Packers were 8 of 14. I would not have guessed the number was that significant for the Packers, but that's greater than a 50% clip. Both teams getting it done on third down. A couple of three and outs, though, when it mattered most, and that was after Tom Brady interceptions. Did I say earlier that Tom Brady played awful? He was terrible today. And the Packers were not able to overcome his litany of mistakes. The inability to cash in turnovers 
really jumps off the page. Tampa Bay scored two touchdowns after two Packers turnovers. Green Bay forced three Buccaneers turnovers, all interceptions, and scored seven points. The final margin of victory for the Buccaneers was five. Mike in Chicago joins us next. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Yeah, Greg, I just want to iterate. I think that today's loss was more of a deflating loss than the 2015 loss against Seattle. This is going to take a long time to get over, and I think it's been reiterated on this show. I thought Rodgers could have taken off on the third and goal there. I don't think he would have scored. I probably thought he would have got down around the three-yard line, and then basically you, you just have to go for it. And I just... Uh, you just can't tell me they're going to make it to the NFC Championship game three years in a row. I mean, you got to strike when the iron's hot, and this is this really stings for me, man. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. But I enjoyed your show all year, and um, talk to you next season sometime, buddy. Appreciate you, Have Mike. A good one. Yeah, you do the same. Thank you so much. Uh, if, if you go back and think about the NFC Championships games, boy, going back to Brett Favre's final game at Lambeau. I mean, that was tailor-made for a Packers win, and they got pushed around the block. They were out by the Giants. That was deflating because I felt the Packers were the better team. They clearly got outplayed that particular day. On the road at Atlanta a few years back, I thought Green Bay had to play f- perfect football to beat the Falcons. I just didn't think their defense was good enough to hang with Atlanta on the fast turf in the Dome, and they weren't. Green Bay had to be perfect on offense. They were not perfect on offense, and they certainly couldn't stop Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and the like. That was a lopsided loss. I didn't feel bad about that because Green Bay wasn't the better team. I didn't feel bad about last season against San Francisco. I didn't feel Green Bay was the better team. And it was year one of an ascending building program and clear steps in the right direction were made following the departure of Mike McCarthy. If you go back to that Seattle game, I didn't feel confident about that because of the Seattle factor, the home field factor, the Russell Wilson factor. But then all of a sudden, the Packers are in position, and you're thinking to yourself, here we go. I had a suitcase out. I was putting socks in it. I was adding shirts. It's time to go on a road trip to the Super Bowl. And the way that game ended, of course, makes it sting, and that'll forever sting. Maybe more so than today. I did feel like the Packers belonged and deserved to win this game. I thought both teams were outstanding. Both teams were hot. Both teams were led by Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Which team would make fewer mistakes? Both teams had their fair share. Ultimately, Tampa Bay cashed in on their opportunities. 855-616-1620. One more segment to go on the program and for the season. We'll get to your thoughts coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Brady under center, and he takes straight back to the under a blitz. He pop flies the right side, and it is intercepted again by Jair Alexander. A pop fly because Brady was hit on the pass rush. Tom Brady was terrible today. I keep saying it. Doesn't change the fact that he's still playing, and his season continues. Super Bowl 55 is where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face. Well, most likely the Kansas City Chiefs. They own a 24-12 lead over the Buffalo Bills in the third quarter of the AFC Championship game. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Replace now and get three years no interest, plus five months no first payment, only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Let's go to George in Pewaukee. George, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. Thanks for your show. I appreciate you and your show your show throughout the year, and uh, we'll be looking forward to it again next year, I'm sure. Um, 
I, I think my number one, there's so many mistakes on the field today that you can go back to, but what I think is underemphasized, the one mistake, if you had that, if you, you were forced to pick one, the defensive play call at the end of the first half has to be um, unarguably the, the most important mistake of all. And even I heard Tony Dungy talk about it, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it's almost like violating defense 101 that you, you gave Tom Brady a chance to score seven, and it's remarkable at age 43 he may, still makes that throw. Um, but that, that's our whoever made that play call is at fault for that, and that's seven points. You take those seven points off the board, and we score more than them. So um, out of all the mistakes, you can argue any of them, but I, my comment is that one play call overshadows all the rest of the mistakes on the field is, is my opinion. It was about as bad as Thank it comes. Uh, yeah, thanks, George. Uh, about as bad as it comes. No safety help, cushioned by Kevin King, and then that cushion gets eaten up by Scotty Miller, who raced right past King into the end zone. Uh, leading up to that play, of course, you had the interception thrown by Aaron Rodgers. Could argue a penalty should have been called on that play, given that a penalty was called on Kevin King at the end of the game that helped preserve the win for Tampa. He also had Will Redman with an opportunity to pick off Tom Brady, uh, and it likely would have ended the half. I don't know that Green Bay would have done much at that juncture, but you gave Tom Brady additional life. You can't keep doing that. For as bad as he played today, you gave him life at the end of the first half, and it came back to sting the Packers. Ed in Illinois joins us next. Hi, Ed. Hey, how you doing there? Thanks for the show. You guys do a great job, by the way. you got to talk after a game. <laughs> this is probably as good as it gets. Thank uh, you. Quick point for you. Uh, my comment is that one thing the Packers have missed for a number of years, and they really didn't see it this year even, is the ability that all the other teams do quite often, the top teams, uh, Brady didn't do it to us, but the top, well, he did it once. They get first down inside, the, say, the 10 or the 15. They score immediately. We seem to have a penchant for missing one or two, three passes or one or two short runs in the third pass. Whether we get the touchdown or not, it's inevitable. I don't care about that much so much. It's that we don't get it immediately. One play, doom, seven points. Yeah, and I don't know if you've observed that or not. Well, it, it certainly showed up today. You're right. It, it really, it was the inability to get any yardage at all. I mean, first and goal from the six, first and goal from the eight, and it was pass, 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 all three incomplete on both of those drives, resulting in field goals. So I, you got to get something. Um, I thought Matt LaFleur went away from the run at that juncture, and it should have been mixed in because getting to the red zone, the run was working, and the Packers averaged four yards a carry. That's winning football. You, you will do well with that against the Tampa Bay defense. So I get it, Aaron Jones was out of the game, but it, to me it felt like Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon were certainly available for hard yards uh, throughout the course of those drives. Um, disappointing. Great red zone offense throughout the course of the regular season. Just okay today when it mattered most. Let's go to Keith and Madison joining us next. Hi, Keith. Hey, sir. I really appreciate the show. Thank you very much. Um, I just had a few points. Um, first, you know, I think it was a million little things tonight. I think LeFleur and whoever was making these calls, we made a few early on incorrect decisions. And they kind of piled up and piled up. And then when it came, and I'm going to quote again the fourth down call at the end of the play, he could have redeemed himself. He could have gotten over, you know, the bad defensive call when Brady scored at the end of the second half, first half, and then some others. But he chose not to. I mean, we needed to make that score. We needed to give Aaron that second shot or 
third or fourth shot, but he took him off the field. And a field goal, to me, was worth almost nothing. And to that end, you can't – it's an individual. You have to assess the situation. You can't give Brady back that ball. He's the GOAT. He is Mr. Two-Point – you know, he's Mr. Two-Minute Drill. He's the best there has ever been at that. And just to give him back the ball, whether he have three timeouts or six timeouts, it does not matter. And so, to me, that was just an egregious sin on our part. Second – I don't think Tom Brady played terrible. I think Aaron Rodgers did not play great, and obviously we had a lot of mistakes, but I don't think Tom Brady played that, played that bad. Obviously he had the interceptions. One was off of a tip ball on his receiver. The other one was, you know, he was getting hit, and I can't remember the third, but the guy had multiple touchdowns. He's Mr. Clutch. He always has been. And when you give him the ball with two minutes and seven seconds left, he keeps it and he doesn't give it back to you. That's what he does. And so – to just play play into his hands like that, I mean, I think like the other colleges said, it's like we kind of beat ourselves, and it is what it is. It was a fun game to watch. I'm glad we stayed in it. I'm a huge fan. Thanks for doing the show. I'll um, sit and listen to you as you talk. Yeah, Thanks appreciate appreciate you, Keith. I, I apologize. I want to try and get as many callers as possible here, so um, I'll give you your chance to talk, but I'm going to let everyone else do the talking here to try and close things out. George and Madison, you're up next. Hey, thanks for taking my call. This is probably the most in 50, 60 years of Washington Packers. This is the most hurtful, disappointing that I even remember, even the uh, third and 26 or whatever that was a few years ago, you know, where we had it. This is just, and now you have the MVP, the greatest quarterback in the history of this sport that we love, and you don't let him go for it on fourth down to win the game. I'm just in shock. And, uh, oh, did I want to ask you, some of my friends told me he said he might not be back next year after the game. He said his future, is that right? So we might not have him back next year? Well, I, George, appreciate the phone call. Aaron, when you have a quarterback who the Packers selected in the first round and traded up to do so, yeah, that might cast a little bit of doubt or question in your mind. So, yes, I, I think he will be back. I'd be surprised if he's not, but who knows how this offseason will shape up. Bill and Rockford, you've got the final word. Okay, thank you. Um, hey, we're still better than the Bears. Um, <laughs> there and, you go, Bill. Uh, yeah. And um, I think maybe we use, need one more hitter on defense. Um, uh, they were they were getting away with some holds on Aaron Rodgers' interception. There was a hold that didn't get called. They were more physical than we were sometimes on defense. Well, they definitely think, have a lot of speed at linebacker. Bill, I don't mean to cut you off. That music means I'm running out of time. We'll see how they address the offseason. Times on defense. Well, they definitely have a lot of speed at linebacker. Bill, I don't mean to cut you off. That music means I'm running out of time. We'll see how they address the offseason. We are out of time in our final Packers OT of the season. I want to reiterate how important this show is to me. I hope that comes through to you, but the show doesn't exist without you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and everybody who listens and is a part of the Packers radio network. We have an incredible crew here, and it really is a pleasure to work with them and be along the ride. We will talk to you next in August, potentially, if there is a preseason, I've enjoyed every second with you on the Packers Radio Network. Have a great night.